0: Welcome to Slow and Steady, the podcast where you get to follow along as we build products in public. Each week, we'll give you an honest peek into our lives as we share our struggles, our wins, and everything in between. I'm Benedict. Today is August 9th, this is episode number 103, and I'm excited to welcome a guest today. My guest today is Daniel Alm. He's a single founder and running Timing, one of the best time tracking tools for macOS. Um, we've been friends for a couple of years, and I'm very excited to have him on today. Hi, Daniel.
1: Hi, Benedict. Um, thank you for having me today.
0: Yeah, thanks for agreeing to come on. Um, this was more of like a spontaneous idea um, that we came up over the weekend, I guess, because it turns out um, we have a little bit of a scheduling conflict with Brian traveling and Benedicto on vacation. So I was out of out of the blue, sitting here alone without anyone to record with, and. Um, we fixed that by having you on, so thanks Thanks for helping me out here.
1: <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, um, a few weeks ago, I thought about um, asking you guys whether you would like to have me as a guest anyway, and last week I asked you, so the timing was pretty much perfect there.
0: Yeah, yeah, we uh, we dodged a the bullet there. Um, so one thing I have to say right away is, like, this feels totally awkward, like having a conversation with you in uh, in English because you're from Germany as well. And usually we talk in German and this weeds me out a little bit right now. Um, but we'll manage, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I can relate to that. But um, I think our other guests, were, uh, our other listeners would appreciate <laughs> if we keep talking English.
0: Uh, I think so too. Yeah. Um, I remember with my, like the previous podcast I did with Christoph, we would have the occasional English episode when we had guests on. But I feel like for this option, like for this podcast, it's not an option to do the occasional, yeah. Uh, I German don't think one, so either. So. <laughs> so we skip on that. So um, yeah, uh, as most people probably don't know about you, um, can you tell a little bit about what you do and um, like what timings? What a a state of timings is these days, (laughs) or actually timing. Timings is the competitor, right? Uh,
1: Yes, uh, actually, um, (laughs) timings is being developed by a friend of mine who recently shut it down, and now he's sending uh, customers to me, so that's nice of him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, um, I'm Daniel. Um, I've been developing apps first for the iPhone and then later for the Mac ever since I studied, so since around 2009, or for the iPhone. iphone app store and later for the iphone and mac and in 2013 i joined google um, and worked there for about two and a half years Um, but at some point i realized that i actually wanted to really try to um, do the bootstrapped founder journey full-time so um I left Google in 2016 and um, spent about a year um, redeveloping my app completely from scratch, which took way longer than I expected and was a much larger risk than I expected. Um, But luckily, when I launched the new version in 2017, the response has been very positive. And I've been continuing to develop Timing full-time ever since. And um, Timing itself is an automatic time tracking app for Mac. So that means that instead of, you know, manually starting and stopping timers, it will automatically um, track which app and which document and um, which website you use at any given time so that you can later exactly see how you spend your time. You get a graphical overview of that and you can also easily assign these times, for example, to um, tracked tasks so that you can really bill your hours and get a good picture and good bills for your time. And um, we used to be only available for, you know, single users, um, for example, freelancers or productive professionals. And we've tried to expand that into teams recently um, with mixed success. Let's call it like that.
0: Yeah, let's talk about this in a a couple of minutes. One thing I want to ask you, like, um, is timing the only product you're working on these days? Or are you still, like, I remember... A couple of years ago, you had like two or three more, like I remember, like a professional calculator thing. Um, Is this, are those still a thing or did you stop doing those?
1: Yeah, that's a very good question. So technically my um, calculator app, which is called Pocket CAS, is still a thing. Uh, But these days it's pretty much just in maintenance mode. So it's still available on the iPhone and Mac App Store and um it's still about pays for the rent of my office but that's about it and i invest a few hours per year um to to make it um updated for the latest versions of ios and macOS. but that's about it so um other than that i'm focusing on timing full-time back when i launched timing 2 i also figured that um i would switch to you know other projects and you know try to diversify over time but uh, the opposite has happened pretty much
0: so timing basically takes up all the time all the timings
1: (laughs) yes all the time there is and then more (laughs) it would take more time if i had more time
0: are you still like you started this as a single founder are you still a one-person team or has this expanded
1: into a like Mm -hmm. a company with employees or contractors by now so last year, I actually converted my business from a sole proprietorship to a limited liability company, um, or the German equivalent of that. And um, we've grown the team um, last year to um, by adding another freelancer, who is a friend of mine, who helps me with developing um, on the Mac app. And this year, I also added um, another developer who helps me develop the web application, which is written in PHP. And I'm also, you know, working with uh, marketing consultants and designers as needed on a freelance basis. Um, but that's about it in total. And there's always more stuff to do. But I also appreciate that there's only a limited amount of management work that I have to do at this team <laughs> size.
0: So you're a company of three by now. Yes. <laughs> that's still pretty cool. I, I, in my mind, you were always still the. The solo developer just like making a living with one one web one Mac application, but that's. I mean, yeah. by now it's not even just a Mac application anymore. It's like um, you have this whole entire web component to it, and yes, is it? It's already. It is it available for iOS as well? I don't remember.
1: So um, the timing app itself is not available on iOS, like not on the iOS App Store, um, because also. Apple wants to to get a share of, you know, subscriptions that you offer and so on. But technically, um, most of my customers come through to the app through the Mac app, which is not available on the App Store either. And um, I'm not quite sure how Apple would react to, you know, people first subscribing to the Mac app and then using the iOS app and so on. So that's something that I want to like to avoid touching. But the web app um, can actually be installed on your iPhone as a progressive web app. And I've taken some measures to make it as useful and accessible as possible in that state. So you can start and stop timers on the go, but it's technically not a native iPhone app. I've also been thinking of expanding to Windows, but um, that's quite a different architecture than... Um, how you develop from for the Mac and for iOS, and I've never had the resources for that. So I guess with the three-person team, you still have to to be mindful about how you allocate time.
0: Yeah, very true. It sounds like with the recent addition of like the Teams feature. Um, it sounds like Windows might be a requirement in the future. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Um, so after I introduced the, the Teams feature, that I, I really noticed that it's not as easy as, you know, just adding user management and then viewing your users' times and then being done. So there's quite a lot more to it that I did not anticipate. Mm-hmm. Um and um, a big concern, for example, from pro- prospects has been indeed um, being cross-platform. So iOS isn't a question these days, but a lot of teams, you know, they're mixed between Windows users and Mac users. And if you can only serve the the Mac part of that customer base, um, you're definitely at a disadvantage. Because, yeah, what should the Windows users do? And you don't want um, to have uh, the time tracking data very accurately for half of your team. So <laughs> I have to work on that. Yeah, very true.
0: Um, can you tell me a little bit about the origin story of the Teams feature in general? Mm-hmm. I mean, timing itself uh, was pretty useful as like just a standalone tool for yourself that you could possibly even use in a team setting because it doesn't really matter. Um, as long as you're tra- tracking your own time, you can share it with the team, I guess. Um, what what made you decide to build this Teams feature and um, mm-hmm. get started with that part?
1: yeah so um i launched the the version 2 of timing in 2017 and then every year after that essentially i launched like one big feature in addition to smaller feature updates so in 2018 i added sync which was quite complex as well then in 2019 i added the web app and um I remember uh, how we met in person a few years ago and I was already talking about the Teams feature and I was always thinking like how could I build this but do I really want to build this because it's such such a large feature and um, in 2020 I was thinking about you know what next thing a big thing to work on and I was um, trying to decide between teams and integrations with other services and um then uh, the COVID pandemic um, came around and a lot of people worked from home and started working from home and i figured that um, it would be great to help those people with their time and time management so um, that was essentially what made um, the final uh, decision for me in terms of whether to focus on teams or integrations next and that's what i then spent about half a year building
0: so and you launched it uh, in january i guess Mm -hmm. yes how's the feedback been so far like is it what people are looking for is like did you get a lot of new sales any any learnings from that
1: yeah so um we did have a couple of customers who who were very happy and still are very happy to that they can now use timing with their team and those were especially like existing customers who had already been using timing some of them had been using it by themselves and some even had been using it with the rest of their team. But, you know, without sharing data and without sharing projects, like just in an isolated fashion. And those people were very happy to, to have the Teams feature now. But I did notice that um, with, you know, new customers uh, who come in. Or who, who are or like prospects who are looking at timing and want to use, uh, adopt it for their team. For some of them, the functionality that we offer is sufficient. But um, when you start to look at larger teams, they actually need, for example, more reporting facilities and, you know, time budgets and these kind of things that we simply have uh, have don't have yet. So um, now it's up to us to also work on those features to make uh, timing more more accessible and useful to these teams as well. But in general, I definitely also noticed that um, smaller teams like, you know, freelancer agencies, so essentially an extension of a single freelancer to multiple people, those um, are much happier with using timing in the current form than, for example, larger teams or enterprise customers. Mm-hmm.
0: did you like it sounds like while well, the feature itself sounds like well not necessarily an easy feature to build but like not a big change to the product i feel like it suddenly changes or it has to change or um, um influence like your entire marketing strategy because suddenly you're targeting a totally different audience in a way right did you did you like how did you did you plan for that? And what was the strategy there?
1: Yeah, that's a very good question. So, um, yeah, initially I was a bit like, you know, I'll just build the Teams feature and then Teams will come and find it. Um, and that was not as much the case as I expected, which kind of is to be expected in retrospect. And um, to be honest, I haven't been advertising the, the Teams feature that heavily also because there are a lot of things that we can add there that would be particularly useful for teams and i feel like it makes more sense to to add these things um before really trying to to go after a market that we can't serve perfectly right now so um there there are a lot of things that we still can add to the team's feature to make it more useful and until then it's um more you know useful to those people who can already benefit from it and hopefully getting there for other people and i've also noticed for example that um, a lot of you know larger customers who who come to us with their teams and you know try to investigate whether timing would be useful to them they um, notice that it's actually not that easy to get your team to track time unless there's a really good reason to so if you're a member of an agency you know that if you don't track time your boss doesn't get money from their customers and then you can't get paid which is a strong incentive to actually be, be dil- diligent about tracking your time but if you're just employed employed working in the team and then somebody's asking you to track your time that's a much harder sell um, towards the employee why they should now track their time and we've also had concerns about you know monitoring employees and team members um that you know the uh, employees thought that their boss could see every single thing that they do which is actually not the case and um there were were quite a few technical challenges to to prevent that from ever be possible um but yeah it's 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 hard to to change people's perception on that
0: Mm -hmm. yeah interesting Uh, that's something i haven't really considered but of course like i mean it comes quite naturally to one as a freelancer to start tracking their time because it, there's so, there's money attached to it more or less. But if your boss comes to you and asks you to track your time, I think yeah, even my gut reaction would be like, yeah, no, I'm not entirely sure about that. Like, why why is it suddenly so important?
1: Yes, exactly. It's so
0: interesting. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so we do have a few technical measures to to try uh, reducing the impact of that. For example, um, at first. The Teams feature would only allow you to see the manual time entries of your team members. So nothing of the automatic time tracking would be visible to managers at all. So anything that would be visible would have been explicitly created by the team member. In addition, um, team members can have both personal and you know team projects. And the manager only ever gets to see things attached to the team project anyway. So anything that you want to keep personal, you can just move to a personal project and it will stay private forever. Um, We've since added support for, you know, um, showing app usage duration in the web app for, for managers. So... That managers can see also how much time you spend in apps, but we do not um, provide managers with you know which apps you used or which documents or which websites. So all the manager sees is that you spent like let's say three hours in apps on project X Y Z, but they don't get to use uh, get to see when exactly you worked and in which apps or documents or websites um we actually um hired some lawyers to consult uh, with us whether that would actually be be possible because you know total employee monitoring is actually illegal in germany and um the limited fashion in which we introduced that is um yeah is in conjunction with german and european law
0: (laughs) that's that's good i guess i mean yeah also something i haven't really considered but like you could sell this as a monitoring tool for your employees uh, quite easily, I guess. Yeah,
1: yeah, there are actually tools um, that are optimized for that use case, um, where, for example, managers managers can even see screenshots of what their employees have been working on, and you know, to all level of detail, and they can get alerts when somebody's not putting in like f- five minutes too few. And these kind of things, but that's something that timing has never been about, and it's a direction that we don't want to go either.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: we're we're comfortable with possibly limiting the set of customers, um, but um, maintaining our, our customers' privacy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So looking at your website, I mean, I might just be blind, but you're not advertising the Teams
1: feature at all right now, do you? So technically, um, actually, I, I rebuilt that uh, landing page last week, so I couldn't quite tell you <laughs> whether it's on the landing page right now. It is mentioned briefly on the features page, but we're we're not strongly advertising that. Um, I'm also still working with uh, our marketing consultant on how we can best present that. But yeah, it's a bit of a chicken and egg problem. The features need to be there for the customers to come, but the customer also need to be there to to warrant adding features. So in general, right now, we are trying to add features that can be useful to both groups um, with the goal of um, being more and more useful to team users. So we we do slightly prioritize the things that would also be beneficial for our team customers. Mm -hmm.
0: So do you get customers, like new customers that sign up specifically because of the team members feature or the team feature or is it mostly like upselling existing customers who grow out of their like personal usage into like
1: a small agency or stuff like that? We do have a few um, people who come to us and who want to try the team's feature and to just uh, sign up by themselves. And um, I've also had you know just customers sign up for the team's plan and then use everything by themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. while others need a lot of nudging and you know explaining how that works so i guess i still have to have some simplification to do there but then again you also need to maintain privacy which is not that easy Um, but in general it's it's more of an upsell to people who are, are already familiar with timing as a product who then also want to use it with their team
0: Makes sense, yeah. Especially as you're not actively promoting it on the website yet. Yes, um, <laughs> we still
1: have to work on that.
0: <laughs> Actually, by now I found it. It's mentioned on there, but it's not very obvious to be yes, honest. Yes. <laughs> so, um, given that you're, you mentioned that you're not like that. Are a lot of things missing, but you're not getting like new a lot of new customers for this how are you figuring out what to focus on while working on this like the team's feature um Mm -hmm. are you just like asking the magic hat and then pulling ideas out of it Mm -hmm. or do you have
1: a process of like figuring out what people need and what they are willing to pay for Mm -hmm. yeah that's a very good question um, I mean, luckily, timing is already profitable. So um, we are in the spot where we can just focus on what we think right now without, um, you know, having our hair on fire or needing to chase uh, the next bit of MRR. But in, in general, the team's customers that we have, both in terms of prospects, but also those who actually became customers, they um, they did have similar requests in, in many regards for example with regards to reporting or time budgets so that they can see across employees like how much time was allocated towards a specific project and how much of the time has been used up already and those are also things that can be useful to individuals as well so things like that are an an easy an easy way to to start improving support for teams for example
0: so um, now that we established that you're basically not doing any marketing for the, for the team's uh, aspect of the, the application, how do you approach marketing in general? Like uh, you, you mentioned that you've been profitable or that you are profitable. And um, as I know, you've been profitable for quite a while. Um, so are you doing any marketing at all? Or is it just like word of mouth and just happens magically? Or what, like, tell me a little bit about your marketing strategy these days.
1: Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, so back in in 2017, um, I did quite a few blog sponsorships. You know, where you you pay um, a more or less famous blogger in in your niche to to mention Timing, of course, with you know attribution that this is sponsored. Um, and back then, that actually did generate quite a few traffic and the first few reviews of the new version of Timing on Mac blogs also. Um, generated quite a few customers um, for example and of course the the backlink from the sponsorship is also nice in terms of seo
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but i've noticed that over time the effectiveness of, of such sponsorships has been um, has um, been getting less and less i think there are several factors to that first of all of course you can't um keep sponsoring the same blog over and over again and expect to get new customers. And there's only a limited number of Mac blogs, for example, that you can sponsor. And um, not all uh, blogs accept sponsorships, for example. Like um, in the Mac scene, there are a few. But other than that, there are not that many um, blogs. And I haven't gotten into the guest posting space so much yet. I have been thinking Mm -hmm. of that. And I'm actually working with an agency called Audience Ops who do content marketing and they've been creating one to two blog articles for us every month and i'm thinking of combining that with an outreach agency um, in order to to um, obtain guest post opportunities that audience ops could then work on for me Um, in addition um, back in 2017 i also reinvested a lot of the profits from the new version into for example podcast advertising but it turns out that that is actually not that effective for a small app with a you know limited a limited um, audience and also a limited customer lifetime value. Um, just to give you an example, um, if you're a mattress company, then almost everybody <laughs> needs a new mattress eventually and they're willing to pay several hundred euros or dollars uh, for such a new mattress which means that you know you can reach anyone on the podcast and you you get a lot of money for each sale but with an application that costs about like 100 euros per year and that only let's say at most five percent of people would have a use for um it's much harder to make podcast advertisements work with um (laughs) with that kind of business model so i've been reducing that quite a bit i'm still advertising a few podcasts um but in in a limited fashion and other than that um being around since 2011 um and having uh, good backlinks definitely helps for for seo for example so we've we're usually in one of the top spots if you search for mac time tracker and I also see a lot of customers coming from us through referrals. Um, for example, the, the biggest search term, where, how people actually find us is timing Mac or timing app, which for me is an indication that they actually, you know, have heard about the app and are searching for it on Google after having heard about it somewhere else. And I'm actually trying to to um, to bank on that more Um with a new referral program that i've actually worked on last week so now our customers can um, share a referral link with their friends and when they do so both they and their friend get one month free um, on their subscription Um, but that feature has just barely been finished and it has not been marketed yet either
0: (laughs) (laughs) well that sounds like a good idea though um you mentioned you mentioned mattresses and uh, podcast promotion. Um, I'm wondering, like, what podcasts, podcasts did you advertise in? I feel like a product like yours would be a perfect fit for a sponsorship on, like, freelancing-related podcasts. Um, did that not work out as well, or are those the podcasts that you keep sponsoring? Or, yeah, yeah.
1: Why, why do you feel like it's not working overall? Yeah, um, there are actually not that many um, freelancing related podcasts that aren't, um, you know, sponsored by their own company or by actually a time tracking application company, (laughs) um, these kinds of things. But for example, I've been advertising on a a podcast called Mac Power Users, which is, you know, for, for people actually who want to use their Mac better. So there's been some overlap there. And there also used to be a podcast um, called Free Agents um, by f- some uh, two bloggers from the magazine who actually became free agents. Like they they left their jobs to to um, work on their own things, you know, their own um, info products, for example, but also freelancing for other people. Um, which was a very good match, of course, in terms of audience. And that podcast at some point rebranded itself as Focused, you know, about productivity and deep work and these kind of things, which is still actually a good overlap. So I've been um, keeping sponsoring that podcast for the past several years. And um, I also once mentioned uh, sponsored a podcast called Cortex, which is a fairly popular podcast you know essentially two podcasters talking about their lives and productivity and tools and so on and um they actually now started using timing or at least one of them and mentioned it a few times but i didn't really notice any uptick from that so it's it's tough to really find the the specific audience in a podcast that works for you at least for Mm
0: me yeah so but it sounds like the more like the more niche the podcast gets, it's and the more the overlap between your audience and like the podcast audience, the more, the, more, the
1: yes, definitely, the chances of
0: it working out is de- are definitely higher. Whereas uh, sponsoring, yes, your tr- random true crime podcast is probably not a good idea. Yeah.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, especially if you're boot, uh, bootstrapped, you you can't you know just blanket the podcast space and hope that you'll get a return. Um, the more focused and the more specific you are, the better. I've also been trying Google ads again, (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. but so far with limited success like um, in general, in my experience, paid ads um, convert less less well than organic traffic. So especially, of course, with, you know, general traffic, I used to also try Facebook ads and LinkedIn ads and Twitter ads and Reddit ads and Quora ads Mm. and none of those were profitable. And these days I'm or I recently started trying Google ads again with you know a bit of success but it's it's still hard to to um make it work because you know other people are bidding for the same keywords and um yeah you you don't get as many sales from from ad traffic as from organic traffic in general
0: Hmm.
1: yeah yeah we've
0: noticed that as well um you also mentioned audience ops and i went to your website again and checked like I, where's the blog and I had to search for it a little bit. So um, you have a quite extensive list of posts on there. Um, do you see like, do you see any positive effects on that? Like in terms of traffic or is it mostly an SEO plate, just making sure that you rank well for like your main keywords, like Mac
1: time tracking or whatever? Yeah. So um, some of these blogs did ac- actually attract some traffic but many don't attract that much traffic after they've been published and i think also um don't rank that well yet um i've been hoping to 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 start um reaching out to more people in order to get backlinks for these posts in the hopes of making them rank better but it's also a bit you know of just staying present in the minds of our customers and you know demonstrating that we're we're still engaged and thinking about the space if you know what i mean
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I I've never noticed that you have that much blog posts out there.
1: <laughs> yeah, if so, you do it for a couple of I'm years, it, user. <laughs> it tends to accumulate. Um, we do announce many of them on the newsletter, but yeah. we we also try not to to bother our customers too much, and you know not to spam them too much. And um, for example, similarly, we are in the process of removing tra- tracking pixels and including Google Analytics from our website um, because A, then you don't need a cookie banner on your website at all and B, mm-hmm. because it's actually the right thing. So in terms of time tracking companies, we are one of the more privacy focused ones and um, it just better aligns with our values to to not creepily track people all around the web.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah yeah i couldn't get behind that um i still like he said that you're thinking about this but um, i'd love to hear more about uh at least in the future when you have some numbers about the idea of like using audience ops and like an outreach service and like generating guest posts based on that because that honestly sounds like a really good idea i haven't really considered it so far but yeah I mean, if that works, it might be a good source of and a relatively cheap source of like inbound links uh versus like the cold outreach and like, getting people to link to your existing blog posts. I feel like pitching good blog posts to other websites that just happen to link back to you is much easier than getting them to edit and edit some post they have or whatever or add a link somewhere
1: back to your blog um that, yeah.
0: that always feels like a tough pitch
1: yes definitely um yeah so actually um there was a service called post Targa and um uh, they've been on rob walling's po- uh, podcast recently and that's how i heard about them and um they also have uh, you know a done for you outreach service their main product is um just um, you know software for for outreach, but they also have the done for you service, and I'm thinking of signing up with them and just seeing how that works what What they told me so far uh, sounded interesting, but let's see how well it works in practice as well. I'll keep you posted yeah.
0: <laughs> I'd love to hear that um, yeah, I think we covered most of the things I wanted to know about like what what you're up to with timing these days. Is there anything else um, you want to talk about? Anything exciting happening in Timing's future or your future? Uh,
1: to be honest, there has been a bit of a shift in mindset for me recently. So um, instead of, you know, always chasing the next bit of growth, I've come to realize that um, having a profitable service um, in general already is a nice thing. And um, at least right now, Timing is, is working well without um, you know always tr- having to chase the next customer i mean i'm, I'm still um, of course um, very invested in the product it's my baby and it's still my full-time occupation but that means that i've started to um, do less support outside office hours and in general um, try limiting the the amount of time that I spent in the office and you know and, and just in general to have some more um, yeah some some more time for the rest of my life for example if uh, um, I've gotten a new office recently um, after having been in the home office for several years before that and um, in general that has already helped me um, have better work life balance just the walking home for 20 minutes after work um, already helps with maintaining work life balance and you know just getting getting into a different state of mind when you come home Um, but even after that when i came home you know after 6 p.m i just didn't have the energy for example to get a workout in and now just leaving um, work between you know 4 30 and 5 p.m Uh, just that one more hour has already helped me to work out much more regularly and i feel like okay um, i'm already um, making a good living so at that at what point uh, do i start to actually invest or return some of that money or convert that some of some of that money into more time for myself and my girlfriend and my relationships and actually you know spend more time on those things because there's only so much that you can do with all the money (laughs) very true yeah i feel like that's
0: one of the traps i also have to be careful of of, of like we 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 start out like pursuing those like bootstrap life like being independent and stuff like that to have more freedom and work less but for some reason that if you're not super careful about it, it doesn't end up that way and you end up working way more or at least as much and stressing out about things and yeah yeah Yeah, if you can't afford it to just like
1: work less or like just enjoy life more (laughs) you should totally do that i guess (laughs) yeah and i've also realized that you know the 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 work that you do in in the ninth hour of your workday um, just doesn't add in, as much marginal value as the first hour, in my experience. <laughs> so essentially, if you cut that hour, you don't even notice that much, and you can still resume work on that on the you know the next day. The the work yeah. isn't going to to run away from you. Um, and also by working just a little bit less, I actually feel more productive in the rest of the um, of the time that I do work. I mean, nothing of this is rocket science and there are a lot of people that uh, have um, written a lot of books about this, but um, yeah. there's a big difference, at least for me, uh, between actually, you know, reading about this, but, uh, and also realizing it and implementing it for yourself.
0: Yeah. I think that's a good note to end it on, like <laughs> work less, enjoy life more and yes, ultimately you will be more productive. Um so, yeah. Thanks for coming on, uh, helping me out here uh, and talking about timing a little bit. I feel like I, I took away a couple of ideas, especially the guest posting idea. I, I might have to talk to Jane about that. Um, so thanks a lot. Um, if people want to hear more about you, follow you on Twitter. Where do they well find you around the internet?
1: Uh, yeah you can find us at timingapp.com, and you can follow me on twitter as daniel underscore a underscore a it's an old name nice. that just uh, i get stuck with <laughs> <laughs> sure
0: could be worse i guess <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> well then um yeah thanks for coming on and see you soon
1: yeah thanks Bye. for having me <laughs> goodbye